This is John from The Bible Project, and today on this episode of the podcast, we're going to continue a conversation that we began in our last episode. We're talking about the Hebrew word nephesh, and how this word is often translated in the Bible as soul. Now, what do you think of when you think of a soul? Well, if you're like me, you probably think of some sort of eternal, disembodied existence some part of you that continues on after death. People often assume that the idea of a eternal, non-physical existence, humans living on after death, apart from their bodies, disembodied souls forever and ever, many people assume that that's a really important idea in the Bible or a main teaching of the Bible. And uh, I certainly thought that. And then as I learned more, I realized what most people mean by the word soul is actually hardly ever the meaning of soul in the Bible. So that's a pretty wild claim that might be coming out of left field for you, in which case you could go back and listen to us unpack that idea in the first half of this conversation, the last episode. But if you don't want to do that, here's what you need to know. The story of the Bible isn't about becoming a disembodied soul. The story of the Bible is about becoming resurrected people in a new creation. Now, this doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't talk about life after death and what happens before the resurrection. It's just that it rarely talks about it. There is a category that this word can be used for to describe the enduring human person after death. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very rare. Hmm. These words occur hundreds of times in the Bible, Mm -hmm. and there's a small handful of times where it seems to pretty clearly refer to a person, a living being, Mm -hmm. through death, always in the hope of resurrection, of re-embodiment. God made us from the dirt, and he called it good. He made us living nephesh. Being a nephesh is all about the embodied life. Nephesh is capturing your body, which is you, essentially you, the living you, your life, your physical embodied existence. So in this next episode, we're going to get physical. Song of Songs, right? The erotic love poetry in the Bible. All night long on my bed, I looked for the one my nephesh loves. Your nephesh can long for your lover. The Song of Songs is a book that makes a lot of us blush. It seems really carnal and unspiritual. But for Hebrew thinkers, having your body, your physical existence long for another, that's a good thing. On page one of the Bible, the the physical world is good. As we're going to see, it's compromised. But it is, in its essence, good. If I'm talking about hunger or sex, as in this case, that's good. But somehow we've spiritualized this biblical mindset. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. Okay. This is a very uncommon usage. This is the top of page six. So your nephesh, calling somebody a living nephesh, is a way to refer to them just as a living creature. In Leviticus 21, one of the things that you, if you touch it, you become ritually impure Mm -hmm. for a time. And sometimes it's just called corpse. But one time, uh, the corpse is called a dead nephesh. If you touch a dead nephesh, 
uh, <laughs> you become ritually impure. And so mm. very clearly it yeah. means a nephesh that's no longer alive. Yeah, <laughs> right. So here it's talking about a human who is a nephesh mm-hmm. and they're dead. A dead. So all our English translations say a dead body, but literally it says a dead, a dead nephesh. So there you go. Nowhere in the Old Testament do you get this concept of humans as souls trapped in bodies. Hmm. It's the very opposite, that humans are what they are in and through their bodies. Okay, so this opens up a whole bunch, probably a hundred or more uses of nephesh that just get translated as person. Mm. Your nephesh is your person. Your nephesh is your person. So... And when Jacob takes his uh, family down to Egypt in Genesis chapter 46, he takes all his sons and daughters were 33 nephishes, (laughs) just people. These are my favorite. In uh, the book of Numbers, a murderer is called a nephish slayer. (laughs) And a kidnapper is called a nephish thief. To kidnap a human is Mm. to steal their nephish. Mm. (laughs) A nephish thief. Yeah. There you go. What just person? Yeah. You, you steal people. You kill people. You're, it just means person. What's the word for when you use? There's there's a word for using a part of something to mean the whole thing. Oh yes. Is that metonymy? Yeah, I always there's two nerdy words: metonymy and synecdoche. Synecdoche is where you use a part of something to refer to a whole. So yeah, nephesh is a synecdoche. You're using this idea of a neck to refer to your whole being. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other one? Metonymy, where you use something closely associated to refer to that. Thing. Okay. So here's what's interesting. Here's what I think is happening in my brain. Mm-hmm. So when I read something like Nefesh Slayer, mm-hmm. right? And I think of that as a soul slayer, oh, right? Oh, I think it. of it as like a metonymy or metony mm-hmm. and that I'm using something related to your body. I'm really meaning I'm, I'm slashing your body, uh-huh. but I'm using something related, which is your soul, your soul. which is actually oh, more like important. Even more essential. And more yeah. essential. Yeah. And I'm really slashing that. So yeah. I'm using metonymy. So I read that and I think, oh, it's a metonymy, mm-hmm. but it's really a synecdoche. <laughs> <laughs> synecdoche. Synecdoche. Yes. I should have this in front of me. Part for the whole. Oh, that's the English phrase. Mm. I don't know if this is helping. Ah, synecdoche. It's helping me. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, you can call your car my wheels. Yes. Oh, refer to people by a particular body part. Did you get a, did you get a head count? Yeah. How, how many heads? How many heads? That's a synecdoche. Yeah. So, nefesh, how many throats do we got here? <laughs> Meaning how many living yeah. beings? Yeah. That's a synecdoche. Yeah, that's right. Um, but now let's think of the word soul the way we're used to it. Mm. This disembodied, more essential part of you. If you say how many souls on board and you mean their disembodied part to really refer to their physical part, Mm. or you say, I'm a soul slayer, Mm. meaning I kill people, you're using it as a metonymy. Mm. So that's what's so confusing to me is I can read all these things as metonymies and they still make sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. And I I have to kind of flip it. Yep. And I'm so used to reading it that way. So yep. I read yep. Nefesh Slayer and I think, oh yeah, Soul Slayer. It's, a, yes. it's just a metonymy. Uh, I don't use that word in my head because I don't even know how to pronounce it. But that's mm-hmm. the category I'm using. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it's actually really helpful for me. Oh, <laughs> I've good. never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But to be a nefesh slayer is to say, it's also interesting just like slaying someone's neck. That's a very common way to kill someone too. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. To uh, to be after someone, to seek someone's nefesh, to mm-hmm. seek their life. Mm-hmm. It's just a very, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's a very intuitive yeah. way it's actually to more, try to kill it's, someone. That's right. It's actually a, a really intuitive way yeah. of saying life. A, yeah. li- a living person. So instead of saying soul slayer, I'm yeah. a neck slayer. Yeah. That actually, it just sounds more grim and like. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So where did we start? We went throat. Then we went to living physical being. Yeah. Now we're to, it's even, it, there are layers of getting more and more general. Then it can just be person, just human, person. Mm. And and then we go out further, and it's the broadest, most broad. And it's the use of nefesh that you'll never see it in your English translations. Mm. Because it usually, it's a way of referring to oneself. So you, there are different. There are Hebrew words for I, you, me, um, me, he, her, them. Okay. But in Hebrew, when you want to emphasize them and their whole physical self, hmm. you use you say my nefesh or her nefesh hmm. or their nefesh, hmm. and it's very common. Hmm. So Isaiah one, God says, my nefesh, this is kind of ironic, my nefesh hates your religious festivals, Sabbath, new moon. So he could have just said, I hate your religious festivals. Yes. Yeah. But he says, my nefesh. So it's depicting God as physically angry. Hmm. My whole being hates this thing you're doing. In Genesis 27, Isaac says to Esau, hey, give me some of that tasty food that I love. Give it to me to eat so that my nefesh may bless you before I, I die. That can kind of go both ways. It's about food. So yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you will often see that it's it's used in context where my physical existence and things necessary for my physical existence. Hmm. And so, give me food, my nephesh will bless you. <laughs> oh, this happens over forty times in the Book of Psalms, where the poet will say, "My nephesh cries out to you." My oh, so let's go all the way back to. These famous, Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water, so my nephesh pants after you. My nephesh thirsts. So you can see, actually, he's doing a wordplay mm-hmm. on the double meaning of nephesh. Hmm. My, what thirsts? What part of your body gets thirsty? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. your throat. Mm-hmm. But my soul thirsts for what? For God. So my, your nephesh. my body, yeah. my whole physical existence. Existence is what longs for God who gave me life in the first place. Hmm. So you can use both senses. My nefesh can mean me. But me is kind of a weakened, it's weak, because they they have perfectly good Hebrew words for just me. Hmm. So when they say my nefesh, it's, they're emphasizing me, like, my being, my existence. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah well, what, what would we say? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we use the word soul. To mean that, I, I actually I think that's true. 
you don't you're not necessarily talking about the part of me that survives after death what you mean is me and my core the things i care about the most yeah. my deepest passions yeah. and sense of self That's is my right. soul yeah my soul was i felt alive mm-hmm. my soul was awakened um, really spoke to my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's right. There's that's an English usage of the word that doesn't mean the. It could also mean, and I think that's what's <clears throat> confusing is when you say that you're not saying that because you're thinking about mm. this disembodied part of yourself necessarily, but 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 we've been trained with that framework. That's right. So it's connected to that. So then we think, oh well, the most important essential part, part of, of me, me is, is that non-material, right. eternal. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. But it, it again, it's more intuitive in this context. And there's so many examples of the Song of Songs, right? The erotic love poetry mm-hmm. in the Bible. All night long on my bed, I looked for the one my nephesh loves. I mean, need I say more? <laughs> Just, it's very clear what that means. I don't know. I can read it either way in my head. Huh. But I'm still straddling these categories very yes. closely. Yeah. Right? My soul loves my bride. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But where does my nephesh want to love <laughs> all night long on my bed? It's very, <laughs> it's very clear that we're referring to our physical relationship. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, or he's just being spiritual while actually, also this being. Is the, this is the, the female beloved speaking. Oh. Yeah. 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 She's just a very spiritual woman. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. No, it's so common. I really, and this, so, this is a very earthy hmm. physical image, a hmm. phys- physical desire. My nephesh, so your nephesh can long for God, hmm. Psalm 42. Mm-hmm. Your nephesh can long for your lover. Song of Songs, chapter three. Yeah, but granted, that can work for just soul and the old category of like my deepest, uh, most okay, sure. The yes. things a part of me that yeah. I care the most about longs yeah. for you. Yeah, that's because right. I love you. Sure, sure. But longs that, for God. so yeah, but I think what we do then is we screen out. There's a whole worldview getting screened out here, and it's that if you don't import these Greek categories onto the Bible. Mm-hmm. You find yourself on page one of the Bible that the physical world is good. As we're going to see, it's compromised, Mm -hmm. but it is in its essence good, Mm -hmm. which is why it needs to be redeemed Mm. and brought to the next stage of what God has planned for it. And so if I'm talking about hunger or sex, as in Mm. this case, that's good. Mm -hmm. And so, but somehow we've... um, spiritualized i don't know we spiritualized this this biblical mindset hmm. and so what we really think it means to love is for my i don't know the core of me which is not physical right physical is just <laughs> right it's just yeah that's carnal it's just it's carnal or it's temporary yeah it's second rate right it's and that's so foreign so if, if i want to communicate that i'm a good christian and i'm on a bed with my lady <laughs> i would say, not like, hey, babe, I really want to, my body really wants you. Yes. I would, that wouldn't sound very spiritual. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. I would be like, hey, yes. you know, like, I love you. Yeah, and you're I my feel, soulmate. You're my soulmate. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you take this really seriously. Yes. But you're yeah. telling me in Hebrew, it's just kind of the same word. Yeah. Like, you're well, my, no, like my no. nefesh longs for you, like my body, yeah. which is the most important part it, of me. It is me. It's me. Me <laughs> wants you. Me. And in this instance, yeah. it's going to get a little physical. That's right. That's the, and that's good. And that's good. Like that's page one of the Bible. It's good. It's so funny. Like we're both like kind of dancing around. We're both well, yeah. We're kind of getting squirmy, but it's because we've been trained to to somehow think that this is inappropriate, mm-hmm. or because it's physical, it's not spiritual, mm-hmm. or it's not. And that's just so foreign. There's a lot of hip hop songs that are now a lot more religious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. Oh, I'm just okay. saying. Uh, you're right. You get yeah. You get the point. I here. get the point. Yeah, there's a whole book of the Bible. Yeah, we don't yeah. read that book. So there you go. There's many many uses of this nefesh to refer to um, your whole your whole physical being. Oh, here's an interesting one. Proverbs 12.10. The righteous person knows the nefesh of their animal, but the wicked, even their mercy is cruel. <laughs> so good. The righteous person knows the nefesh of their animal. I don't know what that means, the nefesh of their animal. Well, so I think farming culture. They just, they... You're domesticated animals. Okay. So you, you, care, you care for your animals. I'm caring for my animals. Yeah. They're nefesh. You take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. But nefesh, this is emphasis on their physical existence. Mm. You like brush your horse's mane. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like you clean up their whatever, their pen so they don't have to walk in their own poop all the time. Got it. And then the wicked. So notice this is treatment of animals. Treatment of animals Mm -hmm. is one of the criteria for being the righteous or the wicked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you treat your animals. Yeah. They're nefesh. That's fascinating. Hmm. Yep. Exodus 23, don't oppress the immigrant, for you know the nefesh of the immigrant. You used to be immigrants in the land of Egypt. Hmm. You know, like, the identity of the immigrant. Yeah. That's almost what they're saying. You know the being. The being. And, and again. The essence of yes. immigrants. And being in, in slave under forced labor, it's hmm. a very physical... Right? Form yeah. of uh, oppression. You know what it's like to have the body of an immigrant. Yes, the body of a slave. You know that embodied existence. Hmm. And so don't you ever repeat that in the history of Israel. Hmm. All of a sudden, these passages, I, in my mind, they just get more rich than they already were in the first place. Yeah. And so in all of these passages, there's different words for nefesh being translated, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on the translation. Yeah, let's. Yep, that's exactly like grab right. Exodus twenty three nine. Okay. All of you know the nefesh of the immigrant. Uh, New International Version says, "You yourselves know how it feels to be a foreigner." Hmm. How it feels. ESV. Ooh, this is an English Standard Version. You know the heart of the sojourner. Hmm. So that's why it was translated heart. Sometimes mm-hmm. I was wondering about that. Mm-hmm. 
heart. Yep. New American Standard, you know the feelings of a stranger. So NRSV has the heart. So notice, this is fascinating then. What they've done is, is they've taken the body part <laughs> that we use from modern Western yeah. conceptions of the body mm-hmm. and replaced it. Replaced With the Hebrew it, version. Uh, Which is what a translator has yeah, to do. Yeah, that's right. So, it, yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess what would be, you know, the. Well, embodied existence. Imbo- yeah. That's <laughs> you not, know, the. That's clunky. Yeah. <laughs> so there you, you know, go. This translates. You know hard. what it's like to be an immigrant. You know what it's like. You know the, the life. Yeah. You know the life of an immigrant. But that, even that doesn't get it's you to the. It's about empathy here in a way. It's like you. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Anyhow. I think feeling is a good. What was the NIV? You know what it feels like. You know what it feels good. like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that gets to what they're trying to say. Going back to the Song of Songs, all night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves, says the New International Version. Mm. English Standard Version says, I looked for the one my soul loves. Mm -hmm. So that's all of a sudden. (laughs) The English Spiritual Version, (laughs) the ESV. (laughs) English Spiritual Version. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, again, just to clarify, all these translations are incredible, produced by brilliant people. Mm Mm-hmm. And what they're all doing is struggling with how to best render into English mm-hmm. this very plastic word. This, yeah, and a foreign concept to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, who you know, who can blame them? Yeah, it, we just we don't have. So we not only do we quite have the right words in English, we just lack even the very categories of the human person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that these authors had. Yeah, and that these words express. Okay, so is this too many examples? Uh, no, I'm, uh, not okay. for me. So here's what I want to do. I want to read most of Psalm 35 together. Okay. And what this poet has done is use the word nefesh seven times in the mm. poem. And the poet is exploiting different nuances of nefesh. Mm. And it brings this richness to the poetry. Okay. Okay, Psalm 35. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight, against those who fight against me. Take up shield and armor, arise, come to my aid, brandish spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Say to my nefesh, and then quote, so he's asking God, say this to me, I am your salvation. So this is a good example where my nefesh gets translated as me. Mm -hmm. Say to my nefesh. Okay. But, you know, if we're in this metaphorical thing of you're getting chased by armed assassins, your nefesh, it's... It's pretty, it's pretty important. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So I, my whole nefesh needs to hear <laughs> that you're my savior right now. Hmm. May those who seek my nefesh... So what, now I want God to speak to my nefesh. But now these enemies, they're seeking my nefesh. That's a very standard phrase for hmm. seeking. So that gets translated usually my life. So there's two uses of nefesh in back-to-back sentences. Mm-hmm. And in our English, they get translated differently. Differently. May those who seek my nefesh be disgraced, put to shame. May those who plot my ruin be turned back in dismay. Like chaff before the wind, the angel of the Lord driving them away. May their path be slippery, the angel of the Lord pursuing them. S- because they hid their net for me without cause... 
And without reason, they dug a pit for my nephesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my body. My, yeah, or m- me. Yeah, But me. specifically for my whole body to fall into. Yeah. So the idea is they don't just want kill me. They want my whole being. Well, yeah, we don't have an English way of doing this, no, do we? No, we, we don't. I'm but trying to think like a body I, doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And if I wanted to emphasize quite... my body while I'm talking about myself, mm-hmm. I just don't really have an easy way yeah. to do that. It, yeah, Nefesh is capturing your body, which is you, essentially you, mm-hmm. and it's the living you, your life, your physical embodied existence. Yeah, Nefesh. Get it's off the, my back. It's the perfect word, Nefesh. 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 What yeah. about like, get off my back? That's ref- that's like referring to m- me, my <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good synecdoche. Synecdoche. Um, refer to you putting a burden on myself. But your back just means get off my case. Like leave me alone. Yeah. Leave leave me alone. Yeah. Instead of saying you could say leave me alone, it's how you're saying get off my back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Me and back become interchangeable there. Yeah. Just like nephesh and me are interchangeable here. Right, okay. So they dug a pit for my nephesh. May ruin overtake them. May the net they hid for me entangle them. May they fall into the pit. Then my nephesh will rejoice in the Lord and delight in his salvation. So my my whole being. Mm -hmm. Bad guys rise up. They ask me things I don't know. They repay me evil for good in order to bring loss to my nephesh. So here they want to do damage mm-hmm. to my nephesh. But as for me, when these guys, so here's these guys, they're treating me bad mm-hmm. to damage my nephesh. But me, when these guys were sick, my clothing was sackcloth, <laughs> and I deprived my nephesh with fasting. Hmm. Oh Lord, how long will you look on? Restore my nephesh. From their ravages. So these last th- three are so interesting. So they want to damage my nephesh, my life. Mm-hmm. But when these guys were sick, I was praying for them and I fasted, right? He says, I, I didn't eat food. Yeah. And the phrase he uses to describe that is depriving my nephesh. Hmm. And here we're pretty close to throat. Yeah. Literal throat. I didn't mm-hmm. put anything down my gullet. <laughs> <laughs> And then all then we're back to restore my nephesh. Hmm. So th- this is the now you, you see the the complexity of this word for this poet is not confusing. It's like a treasure trove. Yeah, he can just use this word in so many different ways. Yeah, and in every line he uses, it becomes extra rich. Hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bible Project podcast. We released our video on the Hebrew word nefesh. You could find the link to it in the show notes, or you could go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Bible Project, and watch it there. The Bible Project's a nonprofit in Portland, Oregon. We create free resources that show the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. We believe the Bible has wisdom for the modern world, and we're committed to letting the Bible talk to us on its terms. This project's crowdfunded, so thank you for being a part of this with us.